Hello, it's Philly here. Just a quick announcement before we jump into today's episode. Natural Medicine Week, hosted by Australian Traditional Medicine Society, is coming up on the 22nd to the 28th of May. I'm a proud ambassador for Natural Medicine Week, which showcases all the many ways natural medicine can restore the body and mind with live online events run by qualified practitioners across Australia. You can check out the link in the show notes to find your way to Natural Medicine Week. As part of the event, I'll be holding a special free root cause of emotional eating masterclass, which you can sign up for via the Natural Medicine Week website. During the masterclass, I'll be digging into emotional eating, food addictions, sugar cravings, and the hidden imbalances in the body that cause this behavior, as well as the metaphysical imbalances that are at the deepest root cause of emotional eating. Hope you can make it. Okay, on to today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Ending Body Burnout Show, where your hosts, Chris and Philly, co-founders of multi-award-winning functional medicine practice, serving busy people with energy, mood, and gut issues. While busyness, overworking, addictive doing, and perfectionism might be the norm, it's not normal, and it's a major contributor to health issues. Our goal with this show is to give you a holistic root, root cause approach to healing your body so that you don't have to continue doctor or diet hopping or popping a gazillion supplements hoping something might stick. So get ready to heal your body, get your spark back, deeply connect with yourself and step into the life of your dreams. Let's dive in. Last year, Philly did a joint webinar with internationally renowned functional medicine expert, Dr. Daniel Kalish for Natural Medicine Week. It was a fantastic convo and a deep dive into fatigue, including long-haul COVID, which has affected up to 34% of COVID-infected people. With Natural Medicine Week coming up this month from the 22nd to the 28th of May, we thought we'd share our interview with Dr. Kalish today on the Ending Body Burnout Show in celebration of Natural Medicine Week. Dr. Kalish is the founder of Kalish Institute for Functional Medicine. Dr. Kalish has trained over 5,000 practitioners on building successful functional medicine practices. Founded in 2006, the Kalish Institute teaches clinical application and patient communication techniques through a hands-on case-based approach. Dr. Kalish is an Institute of Functional Medicine certified practitioner and the author of three books on functional medicine and a notable speaker at Global Integrative Medicine Conferences. Hey, thank you so much, Dr. Kalish, for joining us. So Chris um, has just given us so much awesome information about you um, and your bio and all the wonderful things that you have done. I um, personally have been mentored by Dr. Kalish. I think I was in your mentorship for about four years. <laughs> so you have yeah. your big big one, new one. And oh my goodness, it was both um, life-changing for me. So I was very sick when I came to Dr. Kalish, burnt out, mama too, trying to build my practice. I was sick, sick, sick. And so everything that you taught me and that you helped me to heal my own body has like literally been life-changing. Um, and then also from a practice point of view, um, from a, like our business is thriving and helping so many other people with your system. So I am so grateful for you. <laughs> um, so Chris mentioned um, 
In your bio, so you're the founder of the Kalish Institute of Functional Medicine. So um, teaching other practitioners and doctors all around the world, uh, your system. Uh, also too, you mentioned that you were, you initially, well, no, my question for you would be, why did you get into functional medicine yourself personally? Yeah, there were a lot of reasons. I mean, I think um, one of the primary ones was that I had, I was living in Thailand for a couple of years, actually in a monastery in, in Southern Thailand, and I got pretty sick. And when I came back to the United States, I had kind of like a mild version of chronic fatigue, you know? And so that went on for quite a few years. And then I found a functional medicine doctor that basically fixed it almost overnight. And so that made me just think, wow, this is something, you know, worth checking out. Uh, and I think that's true for a lot of practitioners that they, have a personal experience with this stuff that kind of gets them involved, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's my experience too, of what I mentioned as well, seeking, trying yeah. to seek those um, solutions to these ongoing issues. So in Australia, uh, functional medicine is still not that common. So when someone says to me, oh, what do you do? I have a functional medicine practice. They look at me really weird, like, what is that? So I'm imagining yeah. most of our listeners today are Australian. So can you explain what functional medicine is? Yeah, so functional medicine, that's, that's always a bit of a mystery. You know, I always tell people that you should have a one-sentence description for what it is. And the one-sentence description is that in functional medicine, we look for the underlying cause of health problems. And then we use most of the time natural non-prescription agents to fix it, lifestyle and non-prescription related treatments, including vitamins and minerals and amino acids and things like that. Um, and I think a broader explanation of the way that functional medicine has kind of developed over time is that it's been mostly devoted to treating chronic health problems that medicine doesn't do so well with, conventional medicine doesn't do so well with. Um, but I hope that that changes. You know, I think it should be something that's just used for everybody all the time and not reserved for people who are just conventional medicine failures, you know, but that's kind of how the field has developed. Yeah, actually, I, it was interesting um, when I was doing your mentorship. So initially, when I first joined, correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt like it was a lot of natural therapist practitioners. But by the end of the like year three or four, a lot more doctors coming medical doctors. It's like 70% medical doctors now. And it was, when I started the classes in 2006, it was 10%. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. crazy that it just, it makes sense. I mean, um, I think medical, uh, like traditional medical, uh, modern medicine has its place for sure, but it just, it doesn't do what functional medicine does, which is why I love this work. Um, so our topic today is all around fatigue and energy. And I know a lot of people struggle with burnout and brain fog and exhaustion. And a lot of people just think it's the norm. Ask a bunch of people on the street and they're like, yeah, I need to have a nana nap today. And I'm like, actually, napping is not normal. <laughs> There's something going on there. So I want to dive into um, what you believe are the hidden causes of fatigue but before we do that what do you find um are the, how do people go wrong when they're trying to address their fatigue and energy issues what are like some mistakes that people make well people start doing things that aren't 
going to, I guess, under, address the underlying cause. So they maybe turn to sugar or caffeine or some other way of sort of stimulating themselves that's not in the long run going to be very beneficial, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, a lot of our uh, clients that we work with are parents. <laughs> and so you got to function with work and parenting and sometimes you are just using those, uh, what are they called? Not supplements, um, stimulants, stimulants just to keep you going. Mm-hmm. And I actually remember I had um, someone a while ago but I'm like how's your energy yeah it's great 10 out of 10 and then as we went through case history and diet got to the caffeine part of it he's drinking like 10 coffees a day I'm like okay how do you feel if you're not drinking the caffeine he's like well I don't know I actually did get scared to find out right <laughs> um all right can we dive into the three hidden causes of fatigue and I'd love you to chat about the body systems because I use the term hidden because, again, like a lot of people just think it's normal to be fatigued and it's just part of being a parent or a business owner or working or, you know, a lot of people have a fast-paced life. But can you go into the physiology or the physical imbalances that can happen in the body that then yeah. can cause fatigue issues? Yeah. If you Can you um, allow screen sharing? I can share yeah, my screen sorry. and show you guys some, uh, some of the details on this. So. You know, I think that one of the things in functional medicine philosophy, this is kind of hard to get. Do you see that now? Uh, yeah, that's fine. This is what this one's kind of hard to get is that you can have many reasons why people have one symptom for sure. And you can have many symptoms from one thing. That's, it's, that's hard to wrap your mind around. So in other words, like if you're tired all the time, it could be coming because you have an adrenal or thyroid problem or a neurotransmitter or brain problem or mitochondrial energy production problem, they all cause fatigue, you know? And at the same time, let's say you have a mitochondrial problem, you could have fatigue and depression and um, high cholesterol because of your mitochondrial problem, you know? So in other words, a single problem like with the energy systems of the mitochondria can cause a whole bunch of different symptoms, five or 10 or 15 symptoms. And the reverse is true too. You can have multiple systems that cause the same symptom. That makes it really confusing because in conventional medicine, there's not so much ambiguity. You know, you have high cholesterol, you take a drug, you have high blood pressure, you take a different drug. You know, you have a certain amount of chest pain, they do a workup, see if you had a heart attack. So there's like clarity and and uh, algorithms in conventional medicine that one plus two equals three, pretty much 100% of the time, you know? And in functional medicine, we accept the vagaries of the body being a systems run thing, you know? It's not like linear, we're not linear, Mm. you know? So anyway, so the three major things that can cause fatigue, and this is not always true, but usually it's one of these threes, would be adrenal slash thyroid, or brain-related issues, neurotransmission-related issues, low neurotransmitters, or it could be mitochondrial-related. And um, so we do testing, you know, to figure out which one it might be. Mm. 
Yeah, I think that's what really um, drew me towards functional medicine and like specifically your system as well, is that I was practicing as a nutritional medicine practitioner or clinical nutritionist, first and foremost, to try and get myself fixed. But even after everything I knew about supplements and diet and, you know, symptoms might be from this body system, I still didn't know. And so I only got so far with my own healing. And then I remember I actually came across you. It was in a female hormone um, forum week-long thing and you kind of like this sort of situation and I'm like oh my goodness okay right I need to do this these tests to actually figure out what's going on so I can treat it properly um so do you feel like so you I agree I feel like neuroendocrine system is kind of like the big focus when it comes to energy and fatigue what about gut and detox system have you seen that like clinically as well with your patients energy well being a cause from those areas? Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say two things. So I would say one, if you have fatigue, you have a gut microbiome problem, kind of have to. So in other words, you know, if you, and the reverse is true too. If your gut microbiome is perfect, your, your gut is really in perfect shape and you have all the good bacteria, you're not going to be tired. Mm. So that, that those things are incompatible. If your gut microbiome is perfectly balanced, you're going to be healthy, vibrant, and full of energy. Mm-hmm. So almost by definition, if you have any of these issues with the adrenals, the brain, or the mitochondria, there's going to be a gut microbiome component to it, you know? And then the same is, well, we, I just heard this report yesterday. Every baby born in the United States, I don't know how different it is in Australia, has at least 200 measurable environmental toxins the day they're born. That's crazy. Used to be 70. When I first started teaching about toxins, it was 70. It's gone up to 200. That's not good. So what that means is that every human being that's alive right now on this planet has 100 to 700 measurable chemicals and heavy metals in their bodies, flame retardants and benzene and toluene and lead and mercury and cadmium. And that's just the stuff that we can measure. Mm. Who knows what else we all have, right? So everybody is toxic now at this point. And um, we've made a mess of this planet and it, we have not escaped uh, the mess that we've made, you know? And so yeah. um, you can also, I guess it's not whether how toxic is the person. It's just a matter of how much of the fatigue is coming from environmental toxin exposure, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that turns out to be one of the major issues that damages mitochondria. And one of the major problems that damages the brain would be environmental toxin exposure. So it's kind of circular a little bit. You can have a mitochondrial problem and a neurotransmitter problem that was generated by a chemical or a heavy metal. That's pretty common, that sort of cycle of things. I feel like um, probably due to the increase of toxins, but more and more people are more aware of toxins and trying to live a more low-tox life. And I remember when I did my own um, liver testing or detox testing, I was thinking, yeah, detoxification system will be fine because I've been living low tox for five years, making all my own products, eating well. And I was shocked at how burnt out my detox system still was. So it's almost like this accumulation of toxins over time. And even if you try and live a toxin or or a low tox life, there's, we're just pummeled so much with different environmental chemicals. And sometimes you do need that therapeutic support to get your detox pathways working better. Um, 
So what do you think are some of the, you mentioned some things, toxins being a root cause, but what are some of the other root causes, like especially around the neuroendocrine system as well, that is a major cause of fatigue? Well, you know, number one is always emotional stress, spiritual disconnection, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So this came up in class a few weeks ago. Who I can't remember who it was, but there was um, when, oh yeah, yeah. It was a patient of one of the doctors that got submitted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, he was a kindergarten teacher, you know, a teacher of young children. He teaches music to young kids in a really healthy marriage with a super good diet and like to exercise every day. Mm-hmm. And this guy's labs were perfect, you know? And so it turns out that if you have a love of what you do for work, like you teach little kids music and you love music and you're in a really great marriage or relationship of some kind, I don't think you have to be married, but you have good relationships all around you, you know, yeah. and you have a certain amount of immunity from toxins, gut microbiome problems and everything else. And if you don't have that kind of community connection, personal relationship connection and spiritual connection to your life and work and you're kind of on the wrong track, so to speak, then you're susceptible to having physical problems. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of like the main underlying cause. And then if you want to branch out from there, let's say that most of us don't have, we're not in the best marriages and we're not, you know, in the most amazing communities and we don't eat perfectly, we don't exercise perfectly. So let's say that, you know, the subset of people that are in that category, which is almost all of us, then you start to look at underlying causes that are more almost mechanistic or physical, you know, not so ethereal and spiritual and emotional. And then those boil down to a couple of basic categories, you know, there's either some kind of an infection that's driving a problem or some kind of food reaction that's driving a problem, the immune system or the gut is under assault in some way, or there's some kind of environmental toxin exposure, like we already mentioned. Mm -hmm. And um, it's rare to see situations outside of that. And sometimes the exposure to, let's say, a biotoxin is kind of complicated, like they have a mold exposure or Lyme disease exposure or or super complicated heavy metal toxicity type cases. And then kind of superimposed upon all of that, this is something that we've been the most interested in in class in the last few years. I know you've done a lot of study on this yourself too, would be the genetic predeterminants or the genetic tendencies that push people in a certain direction. So like you could have somebody who eats, you could have two people that live right next door to one another and they eat the same amount of tuna every day, but one of them becomes incredibly mercury toxic because they don't clear tuna, the mercury from the tuna very well. And the other person has really great detox capacity. And so even though they're eating the same amount of mercury every day, it never builds up in their body. It doesn't become a problem. So there's a really strong genetic component that we see in, in a lot of the patients that we work with. Um, which doesn't cause the problem, but just puts a person at risk for having the problem. Mm, yeah, um, I was actually listening to your, so all our participants are going to get access to your Brain Restore program, which is very generous of you. Um, but I was listening to your meditational one this morning, actually just to prepare and to calm myself. Um, and I did love what you said about, like a lot of people come to functional medicine um, to seek help because they have a physical problem but almost always there's that emotional spiritual disconnection and even if there's genetic issues or environmental issues it's usually those that very deep underlying emotional spiritual something or other 
that's then triggering the cascade of burnout to these body systems. Um, okay, so can we? I just love, love Tess. I'm a geek. I love looking at them all. Um, actually, that's, no, I loved everything about your mentorship, but uh, the real value or the, a big part of the value of doing your mentorship was we just got to see thousands of blood tests of all sorts of, you know, different cases. So do you, are you able to share some lab test yeah. examples of what it might actually look like if someone has, say, a mitochondrial issue or a brain issue or whatever that might be? Yeah, let's take a peek here and see what we got. So I review a lot of these tests because I teach these classes, as you know, and I have a small practice, but we have a large number of labs coming in. So let's take a look and see what we got here. Okay. Oh, okay. So there's different kinds of digestive tests. There's different brands, different companies. There's Doctors Data, Genova. This one happens to be Diagnostic Solutions. But they're all trying to do the same thing on the GI side, which is to find if you have an infection in your gut, which sounds a little exotic and strange, but is actually pretty common. Mm -hmm. Or if you have an imbalance with your digestive tract organs or with a commensal or good bacteria in your gut. So this test you can see is looking at pathogens here. These are the bad guys, crypto, ehisto, giardia, and this person was normal on those. And then there's my favorite bad guy, which is helicobacter pylori. That's a mm -hmm. bacterial infection of the stomach that we often see. That'll ruin your day, you know? I oh, and then this is, you know, can I, can I, I actually had that one. That was major cause to like one 15 years of heartburn, but also anxiety. It was insane. It was insane how amazing I felt when I cleared it. Yeah. And that wild. So I, I could write a whole book about H. pylori. I've treated over a thousand patients with it, maybe 2000. And it makes such a huge difference to people. And oftentimes, you know, you can get H. pylori cases where there's anxiety or depression or, or a lot of times insomnia all coming from this infection. You wouldn't think that would happen, but it happens a lot. Mm. Um, and then this is really interesting too, because here are the normal bacterial flora down here. You can see how all these are low. So that's a, a poor microbiome. That means that this person's good bacteria in the gut are deficient. And that leaves you susceptible to immune problems, fatigue problems, cardiovascular problems, neurological problems, memory decline, and cognitive decline problems, it's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. So having a bad guy like H. pylori is bad and then not having enough of the good guys is bad. Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting too that the H. pylori on that test hasn't been triggered as high. Do you mm -hmm. still feel like that's something that would need to be treated? Oh yeah, we treat all those, yeah. Yeah. Well, then here's our favorite test here. This is an amino acid profile. Uh, these are really interesting. We could go on for years about these. But anyways, you can measure all these amino acids. That's kind of cool. I'll just show you the things you can measure on here. Um, this one particular lab. Um, you can measure all the fat-soluble antioxidants. These are the things that protect your lipids or fats. Some people may have heard of these. Some of these, coenzyme Q10, vitamin E, vitamin A, beta carotene. If you're low on one of these, it's a pretty big problem. I can measure vitamin D. Look at that, vitamin D is 17. That's very low. That's going to be painful and not good. Mm -hmm. In fact, there was a study that I saw last week where if you had a vitamin D level 
above, I think it was either 50 or 60, there was zero risk of death from COVID. Yes. Zero. Not like it improved your outcomes, but nobody with the vitamin D levels of around 50 to 60 range died of COVID. That is study. Not a single person. Like what else could you say that gives you 100% protection against dying from COVID? Now, of course, you can get COVID still, but it's not going to kill you. Yeah. That's interesting. Is it? So these are not, I mean, these are like, I don't know, it's a vitamin, vitamin D, doesn't sound that important. But in the current era that we're in, these are like literally life and death things. Yeah. Actually, I find that, um, and not that I work with a lot of cancer people, but more after they've had cancer, um, but those fat soluble vitamins almost always crashed. And so it's like not just COVID, but cancer and all these other terminal illnesses are linked to those. And here, these are the omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids, which most people have heard of a little bit, like uh, fish oils Mm -hmm. and things like that. And so these are used to make your cell membranes, which are a very important part of the cell. It's kind of this part of the cell that makes it a cell, you know? And then um, they're also, you know, 60% of your brain is made up of these kinds of fats. So you can see this particular person was low in omega-3 and low in omega-6 which is going to cause anything from sleep problems to depression to some kind of chronic inflammatory issue. Um, Not good, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's easy to fix. You just give people omega-3 and omega-6 supplements and then those levels come up. I love Um, the omega-6s as well because everyone's like, omega-3 is so important, so important. And it's like, oh my goodness, everyone, not everyone, like a lot of people are also deficient in those omega-6s as well. Well, look at this one. So you're not in class right now. You haven't seen this lab probably. This just came in last week. Look at that. So I I just randomly picked this. This is like literally the first one that was at the top of my computer screen. Um, Look at this saturated fat low. Now, most of the time people are worried about high saturated fat Mm -hmm. because that puts you at higher risk for having a heart attack or heart disease or building up of plaque in the arteries. But what about low saturated fat? That's not good. And there's one fat in here. It's really important that no one's ever heard of called palmitic. That's the main fat that the human body, that the mitochondria use to make energy. So when you're at rest, 80 to 90% of your energy, meaning not when you're not exercising, when you're exercising, different stuff happens. But when you're not exercising, 80 to 90% of the energy that runs your body comes from this one fat here, palmitic. And if you're low in this, you have a serious problem with energy production. So that's not Mm -hmm. good. Um, So we can fix that too. Um, Just got to see what's wrong. You never know, right? Everyone's different. Oh my gosh. Then look at this. So these are the mitochondrial markers or metabolic markers. And, you know, what we're looking for on this page, you know, is a trend. And you can see the trend here is most of these markers are low or undetectable. So that's a trend of a lack of mitochondria being present. Or we sometimes call it a hypometabolic state. It means you don't have enough mitochondria to make energy. And that's going to cause problems with your brain, problems with your liver. Speaking of your brain, these are the neurotransmitter oh, markers. Person. Do you know what the symptoms? <laughs> you know what? Here's the funny thing. <laughs> you know, here's, here's the funny thing is that what's not funny, funny, but you know, like strange thing is that you could look at the last thousand patients that I've worked with and, and look at their labs and you would pretty much everybody's complaining about the same things. Mm-hmm. They're tired or depressed or anxious. 
they're a little bit overweight or a lot overweight. Their memory is not that great. And then it may vary a little bit. Some people have aches and pains and are stiff everywhere. Some people don't. Um, some people have digestive problems. Some people don't. Probably half the people I work with have pretty bad digestive problems. And I think one of the, one of the kind of breakthrough concepts that I've been studying lately is the cell danger response, mm. by Dr. Robert Navio. And he discovered a universal response that cells have, this is not just human cells, this is all cells, plant cells, animal cells, single-celled organisms. When cells are under attack, they all respond in the same way. Mm. And so it doesn't matter what's attacking you. If you're like uh, going through a surgery or have a trauma where you get injured, or if you have heart disease, or if you have a toxin, or if you have an infection, it doesn't matter what the damage or the insult to the cell is. We have this universal response, mm -hmm. which um, is kind of profound because what it means is that the symptoms really don't matter. There are really are these systems that are going on. There's the, you know, dysfunctional systems that are happening that generate these patterns of symptoms, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, and you can have someone like this, like let's just look just out of curiosity because you could have someone like this and look what he said here on his paperwork. Uh, he thinks he's really healthy. <laughs> that is a thing. So see, look at the that. worst lab tests that I see, they don't have major symptoms. It's like, how is that even possible? <laughs> well, like that's the joke they have in cardiology is what's the first sign of heart disease, you know, sudden death. Yeah. You, yeah. Right? So it's like people don't walk around thinking, oh, you know, I think I'm going to have a heart attack now that I'm 57 years old. They just like drop dead of a heart attack. Yeah. And same with cancer. I mean, most people don't know that they have cancer until they're pretty far along into the process. Yeah. And so that, it turns that, out we're not really good at analyzing whether we're in trouble or not. <laughs> which I think is, um, I think that's uh, like functional medicine isn't reactive medicine, although a lot of people come because they are reactive, but Occasionally, you'll get those people who just want preventative medicine. They're like, just run all the tests. I want to make sure my body's functioning. I don't want to, I want to live a healthy, happy, long life. I get excited when people come for that. <laughs> okay, so now we can go the opposite end of the spectrum because here's somebody with a bunch of symptoms. Here's a 79 year old, 79 year old psychotherapist with anxiety, food addiction, sciatic pain, fatigue, and emotional upset. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, lots of problems, fears yeah. of the future, lonely, fears of living with pain, really kind of not doing well. Mm. And then you look at her Nutraval, and it doesn't look that much worse than the other guy that has no symptoms, but um, oxidative stress is high. So that means there's a lot of free radicals. There's a lot of damage going on to the tissues. Toxin exposure is equally high. Mercury is high. So that could be the source of the oxidative stress or damage. Mm -hmm. And then we're back to the omega-3 problem, you know, the fatty acid problem, the low omega-3s. Yeah. So, and this is another common pattern that we see is that environmental toxin exposure causes oxidative stress or mitochondrial problems. It's different for different people how it manifests, but um, it's kind of sad, really. It's a state of, it's like the, I'm sure it's how the climate scientists feel about all the ice in the Arctic melting or something. It's kind of like that, but it's like watching a 30 year career I've had now, just watching people overall get worse. 
Yeah. You know, the new labs that come in just get worse every decade. Yeah. So, yeah. We, you know, and it's not, it's not a surprise if you look around at the planet, you shouldn't be, it's not, shouldn't be shocked. It's just demoralizing. It's not really shocking. It's demoralizing. Are you seeing a different pattern to with COVID? Like more patients coming in with COVID or even maybe vaccine injuries or. Yeah. COVID has brought, well, I, here's how I'm trying to describe it now. It's like we had, we had pre COVID an environmental, you know, environmental toxicity, environmental poisoning sort of collapse of the human body already, mm. where you have all these autistic children, all these adults with cognitive problems. And it was already pretty bad, you know, and we kind of layered on top of a environmental catastrophe uh, with a group of people who have metabolic dysfunction, which is another thing to think about. So 88% of Americans have some kind of metabolic disease, almost the entire population in the US does. So you have a population that's 90%, 88% metabolically not working, um, all of whom have an environmental toxin burden, which is hard to even comprehend. And then we introduce this viral infection. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of like if you, I don't know, I watch a lot of action movies, if we're watching an action movie, this just happened last night in this action movie, and they're always shooting at things. And it's always like, that's not very realistic. It'd be like if you shoot, we're shooting at a car and you shot three of the tires out, but the car is still driving. Mm. And then finally someone came over and just shot the fourth tire. <laughs> like that's what COVID was. It's like, yeah. okay, now it's really yeah. taking a highly dysfunctional and horrible situation and created this whole element that's hard to imagine. So what's happening in, in my practice now is that People that had these infections from the past, the Giardias and H. pylori people, a lot of them are getting sick again. Mm. And then people who were fine before are getting sick. Mm. And then uh, there's some long-haul COVID people. They estimate maybe 30% of people that get COVID have lingering symptoms. And then there's an unknown percentage of post-vaccine injury people who were injured or damaged somehow from the vaccine. Mm. Um, and then there's just all the regular stress and everything about the pandemic that, you know, yeah. and people drinking more alcohol and all that stuff. But just forget about that. Just to pretend that we were all like super healthy this whole time. Yeah. Just the, the virus itself is really going to end up, you know, causing some, some pretty severe problems in about 30% of people that get it. Yeah. Um, I just, That's a lot reading, of people. Yeah, that is a huge amount of people. I'm actually reading on your screen here too. I don't know what this is, but when did the complaints begin um, after EBV? I'm actually seeing, um, yeah, the Epstein-Barr virus or glandular fever. So people who have had ongoing issues or had that 10 or so years ago, when they get COVID, it just like flares back up again or it causes all the same issues. So it's interesting what you said. Uh, even yeah, though, yeah, yeah. yeah um, this is a classic long-haul COVID patient, previous diagnosis of Epstein-Barr. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just those, those weak spots that occurred earlier on, then flaring up again. So, so we do these adrenal tests also. Mm -hmm. We look at the stress response. Oh, that one's not good. <laughs> oh, it's a little wonky, a little bit off. And so we try to correct that as best we can, you know. And then um, here's a GI test. There's some inflammation, some metabolic imbalances. Mm -hmm. Not as bad as you sometimes see, though, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, there's one marker on here that's very important. 
So about the, the in the UK, they did a study, a couple of really large studies. Um, one was on a group of patients who had, I think there's like 40,000 in total they had in this sort of bank of records of MRIs. And then they took out all the ones that had MRIs before COVID. And then they asked a bunch of them to come back and um, divided them into two groups, ones that had had COVID and ones that hadn't, and then did a second MRI. They had an earlier one to compare. And about a third of the people on the second MRI that had COVID had measurable uh, brain damage. Wow. Brain damage that you could physically see on the MRI. That's That's not good. And then they took another group of patients in the UK, another large group of patients, and gave them these cognitive tests, you know, before and after COVID. Mm -hmm. And they saw about 30% of them had a decrease in brain function in the areas of the brain that matched the people on the MRIs that had dysfunction. Hmm. So for about a third of people in the UK that get COVID, their brains shrink, they have brain damage. That's crazy. A third. Yeah, wow. That's a lot. That's just the brain problem. That that doesn't include diabetes or anything else. Are these participants like the ones that had moderate or severe COVID or even mild COVID? Yeah, even mild COVID. In fact, among the long haul COVID people, it's quite, quite a few of them had mild or very mild symptoms or no symptoms at all when they first had COVID. Mm. So in other words, it's a different mechanism. So there, you can get COVID, go to the hospital, go to the ICU, emergency room, whatever, and then you could have organ damage and problems because you were so sick. Mm. Sometimes they call it like post-ICU syndrome or something like that, where, where, where your, your organs were failing and you're in the ICU. And so you have you know, lingering problems that would have been similar if you had had a heart attack and gone to the ICU. You know, There's just because you were so sick, you're having these problems. But that's not the group that we're working with at all. We're working with people who either had COVID and it either was um, so mild that they didn't know they had it, you know, no major symptoms, but mm-hmm. they had a positive test or people that had, you know, the cold and flu version of it, where maybe they were you know, sick for a week or two, but they never went to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So those people, when they recover from acute COVID, have a whole different disease process, which is long haul COVID. It's unrelated almost. It's mm-hmm. the same virus, but it's a completely different set of cytokines they can measure. So in other words, if you get acute COVID and go to the hospital and almost die, there's certain cytokines that are involved in that immune response. Mm -hmm. If you get long haul COVID from mild symptoms, it's a whole different set of cytokines that elevate. I mean, obviously it's the same virus, but it's a completely different condition, so to speak. So people that are susceptible to long haul COVID um, bear no relationship to those who went into the hospital and almost died from COVID. It's a whole different yeah way that way that the virus expresses itself yeah yeah it's just crazy how everyone's reacting to it in different ways um do you so we have practitioners listening to this as well um i'm just wondering the mitochondria markers that you showed on that original iron profile like could you just give us an example of what you might do from a protocol perspective just so that people can see how like it actually, you can restore these things. <laughs> it's not doom and gloom. You can actually restore these things with targeted nutrients. Yeah. So here's a different one. So here's an organic acids test. And uh, 
mitochondrial section here, energy production. This is actually measuring the different steps of the citric acid cycle or Krebs cycle. Mm -hmm. And so when you see a pattern of high markers here, like you see this high marker here, that indicates that there's a block in a certain enzyme and the person is deficient in a nutrient that would otherwise make that enzyme work properly. So for hydroxymethylglutarate, when this goes high, it indicates that there's an extreme deficiency of uh, CoQ10. Mm. So if you give CoQ10, the person will feel better and that marker will drop down. It usually takes around six months, mm -hmm. sometimes longer. And um, there's a similar, you know, I don't know any of these markers really. So if adipate or subarate are high, that's an indicator that there's a carnitine deficiency. So then we would supplement with carnitine to fix those problems. So there's many different ways that the mitochondria can be damaged. You can have a fat metabolism or carb metabolism problem, getting in energy into the citric acid cycle. You can have a problem within the citric acid cycle itself. Many people like this person right here have B vitamin deficiencies. Mm -hmm. So when you see these markers go high, it means that there's a deficiency of a B vitamin. And those Bs are critical for energy production in the mitochondria. It won't make any energy without them. They're probably some of the most important nutrients involved. Yeah. And so, you know, ironically, oh, look at this. So this person's low in uh, xanthronate is a marker for B6, methylmalonate is a marker for B12. And um, once you learn how to interpret these, it's not that complicated. You give this person CoQ10, B6, and B12, their mitochondria are going to start to work properly again. You know, and yeah. it, you can restore normal function once you can see where the blocks are. That's yeah. kind of the purpose of the labs. Yeah, yeah. And, and you mentioned it takes six, sometimes longer months to change markers, but people generally feel symptomatic improvements much sooner than that, hey? Yeah, we're trying to get symptomatic improvement within the first month or so, Yeah, maybe two months. And then usually around the six month mark, we're really starting to see the numbers on the lab change such that they can start to you know, you know, change their supplement program or maybe back off their supplements so yeah. they don't have to take all these things forever. We're really trying to, as much as possible, correct the function and restore normal function versus you know have people taking these things for the long term. Yeah, and I guess also to finish off that discussion as well and discussion of fatigue in general. Um, so supplements, important, but what are some really essential non-supplement treatments that will then allow people to come off a bunch of supplements and then continue with optimal health? Well, the easiest ones are just to change your diet, mm -hmm. you know, and so increasing fiber in the diet and increasing polyphenols in the diet, those two things make a pretty big difference really quickly for every system that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. That's not that hard to do, you know? Yeah. Um, if you put your mind to it, you know, it doesn't cost much. You're talking about buying beans and vegetables and fruit, you know, basically. Um, and that's probably the single, and then exercise, you know? Yeah. Those two things together can make a huge difference, more than you would think even. Yeah, yeah. And you always talk, I remember you uh, talk about the mitochondria and oxygen as well. So getting that through exercise. But sometimes yeah, we're just breathing exercises. Yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. what I find too, when people are like, I'm just too exhausted to exercise. So literally just starting off with breathing exercises can make a huge difference. Um, so we are so grateful to, that you have come to chat with us today all about fatigue. Um, I want to 
quickly just share something that you um, have offered our listeners um, to sign up to if they like to. I will just screen share my screen. So Dr. Kalish has created a really cool Brain Restore in four program. It's free to enroll. Um, so I've had a look through this. I feel like both practitioners and just your everyday person wanting to increase energy, mental health will get value out of this. Is that, do you feel that? Yeah, that's the idea. Exactly. Yeah. It's okay. a, a part educational and part sort of treatment oriented, a little bit of each. Yeah. So I'll make sure that the link is there so everyone can um, get access to that. And just a little sneak peek inside. This is gold. It's not like a, a 10 minute overview of the brain there's so much like Dr Kalish goes into quite a lot of this in depth and there's even a really cool meditational um uh video at the end too which is very good so people can just apply that straight away um so thank you so much do you have any parting words or how can people get in touch with you or find out more about you besides yeah, yeah. your program yeah so we have you know the Kalish Institute um, upcoming courses this year. We have a long haul COVID boot camp that I'm going to be teaching in June. And then I think in the fall, we have a cardiometabolic one. And those boot camps are like two month courses, kind of introduction to the lab testing. Um, those have been pretty popular. And then we have the mentorship program, like you did, for those that are serious about things and want to do a full year of study. Yeah. And we have a lot of new material coming out every year now. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, awesome. I can 100% say it was worth every cent. Actually, I started your mentorship when I just started my practice. And I'm like, oh, this is such a big investment. Oh, but like, yeah. honestly, I paid for it within the first few months and just my own um, transformation of my own health as well. It was like, even that alone, 100% worth it. So thank I'm you so much. I, I forgot to tell you, I'm actually writing a book at the moment. You're oh, good. Good for you. I'm like, Dr. Kalish, Dr. Kalish, Dr. Kalish, body systems. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, and we will well, hopefully everyone will be able to find you through socials, website, and everyone do the program. So good. <laughs> thank you, Flava. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate you. If you'd like to give us extra smiles, drop us a review and spread the love by sharing this episode. You can also rate your own state of burnout and the root cause contributors by taking our ending body burnout assessment on our website. And if you're interested in learning about our group or one-on-one -on -one ending body burnout programs, shoot us a DM via Instagram or Facebook. Have, Have the, the best, best day, day ever. ever. <laughs>